Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Hey friends, we're back for part two of my conversation with Jessica. Today we're going to dive into financial health in the coming year, also spiritual boundaries and personal boundaries and what that looks like. Um, I hope you enjoy. This period that we're in of 2024 is one in which I am hoping people think about media literacy and they prioritize their own media literacy so that we can know, you know, the source that we're getting news from. We can kind of have a way of assessing, is this a reliable source or is this not? Can I verify it? Like having that critical thinking skill is really hard. It's and most people just don't have it because it's so much effort. Again, we're talking about well, who has the slowing time to go down. verify? It's like it's what we talk about here in terms of health. Like now we have to be our own doctors too. Well, now we have to be our own journalists. Like we have to yes. go verify our own information. How do you verify information when they're talking to the White House? They're not answering our calls. I mean, obviously I'm a journalist, it's separate, but do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're Yes. It's 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 almost it's too much to bear. People, like you said, they don't even have the motivation to work because they can't even pay their bills how are they going to go be their own journalists now and this is exactly how it goes i mean this is in all okay so i'm not a historian i'm an astrologer but astrology looks at history this is like a it's basically like a a, a different tool with which to look back at history but i will say this one of the most common things that um fascistic or strongman leadership you know um what they will do to the populace is to overwhelm with chaos and drama and distractions and then point to scapegoats. Right. And I think this is part of what we're living through mm -hmm. so back to my, like, is this civil war? Is this not civil war? You know, is this a world war? Is this not a world war? You know, we look at, you know, these terms like civil war and world war and we think, Oh, this thing that happened in yesteryear and there was a date and everyone was like, Oh, it's a war. Like, that's not how it works. <laughs> Historians look back and they're like, this is when it started and that's when it ended. But that's not how people experience it. Right. And I think 
this this like constant barrage of like you can't trust anything you can't trust anyone yeah that leads to burnout demoralization Mm -hmm. if there is no truth then there's no point in voting then there's no point in fighting so there's no point but i'll tell you jessica when covid hit i had this really overwhelming feeling that there was no more truth and mm-hmm. I kept feeling it and I'm very intuitive and I said it and there were people who were really like, you're a journalist. How dare you say there's no truth? And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm an idiot. So I just kind of kept my mouth shut. Now I realize not only is there no more truth, truth doesn't matter anymore. You can see people be slaughtered and it's like, no, it ha- no, it didn't. No, they didn't. No, that didn't happen. And you're like, wait, what? What are we talking about? Yeah. Yeah. You can see something with your own eyes and then there'll be people who seeing the same thing say, no, that's not what happened. That's, or, you know, that's not a, that's not a problem unless it's happening to me. Right. I mean, this is, this is actually, I'm glad you brought up COVID because I think that COVID was a really um, important tool that was used against the populace to spread misinformation and chaos and fear. And what became the scapegoat? Doctors? Like scientists, that hmm. became the scapegoat, but somehow it did. And, you know, COVID isn't over. It's the, I believe the last I read, it was the third leading cause of death in the United States. The third leading, giving, you know, uh, all the ways that humans die and get sick or get into accidents. COVID is number three. I mean, it's still very much active. And I think it will continue through 2024. And, uh, you know, honestly, I don't see it changing until policy changes or, which is my big hope, and I don't really think it'll ever happen, but, or enough individuals prioritize community care, you know, and, and do the simple things we know that stop the spread. And this is where it comes back to like, which truth is the most important truth? I mean, COVID's still happening, but most people are like, yeah, but it's not that big a deal. I get sick, I move on. For people who can afford to get sick and move on. That's true. But then there's so many immune compromised people in the world, people who've had cancer, people who have a myriad of other health issues. Plus, we don't really know what COVID does to the body over time because it's only existed for a few years. And this is where when we become so overwhelmed by there is no truth, which you're not alone. I think, I mean, uh, you know, my my instinct when you said that was like, oh, you're picking up on what's happening in the collective, right? It was just like, just like, I think thousands or millions of people were like, who do we trust? There's no yeah. one to trust. What do we do? There's nothing to do. And that leads to a lack of civic engagement, a lack of empathy for the other. And that kind of like demoralization that makes it hard to go on. Like, why would I plan my future? Why would I work really hard? Oh my God, if there's, there's so many no moments point. where I even have those thoughts too, where I'm like, do we oh. really want to bring another kid into this crazy place? And what's, what's going to happen? Like this is, it is very scary when you put your attention there. That's why I love Tony Robbins. <laughs> where you put your attention is where you put your energy or, you know, focus equals feeling. So I tried to stay away from the news and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I heard that, this was Russia's whole plan for us for years. I don't remember where yeah. I, re- I heard or read that, but yeah. they had planned to demoralize us little by little. And that yeah, it's, it's going a war great. of propaganda. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, who knows what's true, but it sounds like they did what they said they did. I don't know. I think there's a lot of evidence that they've done that. And they did it a lot through Meta, through Instagram and Facebook. And again, there's evidence there because there's paper trails and all of that. And I, 
I think, again, this is where we talk about technology and we talk about the first thing I mentioned to you, which is we need heart because I, you know, I am dedicated my whole life to spirituality and I consume a lot of news. And the reason why is because I think if the empaths and the humanitarians and the people who truly care about each other are informed about what's happening, we can do something about it because I believe if I'm an empath, if I'm, uh, you know, a psychic, if I'm capable of having, you know, if I'm a religious person, any kind of deeply spiritual person, the reason why we are sensitive is so that we can be an asset for the world. And so I am forever telling other spiritual people like, yeah, bring your vibration down, down to earth, and then go recover and figure out the strategy because otherwise we end up thoughts and prayers in our life away. Mm. And you know what I mean with thoughts no, and prayers. I like you see what you're saying. You're inspiring me. Yay. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear it because this is the problem with thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers is no action in reality. And the only thing that we can do is take our thoughts and prayers and use them to bolster reality our shared reality oh my goodness what just happened i don't know but that there's some earlier where you got like a hand up or something a thumbs up and i was like wait what's going on what is happening Dwayne, i have a happening? new computer is that on us or is that on her that i don't know i don't have any filters or timing. anything it's a new all right computer. wait but you're the you're the new age person is this some kind of superior power coming in talking <laughs> yes. to us right yes. now it was god it was god making by the way i'm not joking that was like so cool. If you're watching this on YouTube, all of a sudden she said this amazing thing, the the fireworks like burst from her like body. <laughs> I, you know, and I haven't been really looking at myself, but I was like, what, what is that? Well, I guess it was ordained. Okay. We'll yeah. just say that. But, and again, you know, okay. So there's something else happening astrologically. It's the planet Saturn and the planet Neptune are both uh, in the zodiac side of Pisces. And it's been in 2023 and also 2024. These are the two years where we're going to have both these things happening. And one of the things it teaches us is how to have healthy boundaries with our spirituality. And this is coinciding with a time of a rise in cults and a rise in propaganda and like there is no truth and all this kind of stuff. And I really, again, think that having spiritual and energetic boundaries is essential and it's always been essential for humans always but now that we're connected to each other through technology and the ways in which we are we need it you know i'm a psychic and so i'll tell you when i get somebody or a bunch of people giving me a lot of energy from a social media platform it feels different than if it's from my podcast which feels different than if it's in person the the subtleties are different but it's the same thing we need better boundaries because we're more connected to more people than ever in human history. And especially if you have any kind of a platform, I mean, what are the chances? Let's say you have 10,000 people follow you. What are the chances in any other time in human history that you would have 10,000 people who know your name and know what you wore yesterday? Mm -hmm. Like what? Like that's bananas. 1,000 people. Like yeah. 1,000 people is a lot of humans. Great point. And, and we're all like, smooching each other with energy, you know, we really are. And so I think it's more important than ever to know what's happening and to figure out a way to consume news that works for you, that you can sustain. Because if we don't stay informed, then we cannot do what needs to be done. Because what needs to be done, I think, is 
we need to build communities where we're protecting each other. And I think like what we're seeing with like the SAG after after am I saying that right? I mm -hmm. read it all the time, but I don't say it. Yeah. Um, that is a community of people, some who have a massive amount of power and then most who have very little power, where you're coming together as a union and you're advocating for each other. I mean, that to me is really powerful. And in this past year, we've seen a lot of unions come together um, to, to speak truth to power, to protect each other. And that, I think we need that more in all facets of life. But again, we can't do that if the most empathetic amongst us aren't even aware of what's happening. Right. Yeah. Well, because a lot of us have turned off because we for self-preservation. Yes. Yeah. And I say, find new ways. For, OK, turn off, get your energy back, but then find new ways. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are people out there who have books about it, who give TED Talks about it. You know, it, it's it's out there and maybe not enough in the woo new age space. I think in the new age space, most prominent thought leaders are like, don't do things that mess up your vibes. Yeah. Don't feel bad. And I don't, I'm not ever going to say that to anyone. I'm like, yeah, feel bad. When you see people being carpet bombed, when you see a genocide live on your phone, feel bad. That's, that's actually really healthy. When you see people dying from, you know, a disease or when you see whole communities losing their homes because of a climate event, right? Feel bad. Yeah. And then find ways of taking care of yourself away from being overstimulated and then come back with a way. And we all have various, there's a bazillion ways, you know, nobody's going to fix any of the problems. Like I'm not going to fix the problem. You're not going to fix the problem, but we can be like, I think of it as like, you know, the wave in sports, obviously I don't do yeah. sports that stuff, but like in sports oh, yeah, uh, arenas where people do the wave, that's in my view, how activism or microactivism or being, a humanist or a spiritual person should should perform like sometimes you need to sit down sometimes you, you sit down you don't do anything and that's okay because somebody else is standing up if there is a wave of human empathy and a wave of activation and engagement from people who have heart then the world changes and it doesn't change because any one of us took a stand it changes because sometimes we sit and sometimes we stand mm. and we do it in what can be a collective movement that brings more heart to the world. But again, I keep on returning to this and I'm probably gonna say it too many times in 2024, but we need to expand our hearts to be able to tolerate grief and sadness and anger. And we need to be able to tolerate paradox and nuance because the truth is complicated and confusing. And we may be feeling very conflicting emotions and what most of us do most of the time when we feel that way is we shut down, we turn away or we project it out. I mean, if you've seen the comment section of anything ever, then you know we project it out. And uh, I think that for those of us who can, the most important work is to just expand the heart so we can tolerate all these things and then respond with intention to the best parts of ourselves, to the wisest parts of ourselves taking care of the most vulnerable parts of ourselves, you know? But again, I think we need each other now more than ever. I, I do. So...
When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. You know, I agree. I, I was going to say, you know, about tolerate. I think the other thing is tolerate other people in there and empathize with their beliefs and opinions. And that, and that's what's not happening. Everyone is, yeah. I'm right, you're wrong. And yeah. not only and, that, um, if you're not on my you know, side, you die. Right. Yeah. You're my enemy. Yeah. yeah there's yeah, no two sides. Yeah. Like there's no. And re- yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Kev. Do you feel I've no that that's, you know, and that that's where I see is the biggest problem is no one's taking the time to empathize with the other side. OK, why would they this upset them so much? Why would they be OK? And then with that, it's where can we meet the common ground rather than yes. I'm going to crush you. I'm going to, you know, my way is the right way. I, you know, I'll die to be right. All this such extremism. And I, and I, I will tell you, I don't know. I have some psychic intuition about career paths. That's kind of my thing. But I will say I feel 
I feel like in 28, things get a little calmer when kind of this old extreme guards on both sides pass away. Do you, do you see that at the mm. very least for hope that in 28, we start getting more independent leadership that's nonpartisan? That's really interesting that you say that. So 20, 25, 26, things are very explosive. And um, I would say it's like a kind of a, a I don't know a single astrologer who's looking forward to that time. Let me put it that way. 25, 26. So, 25, 26. Ugh. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it looks really the potential for violence and for a, a lot of destructive behaviors um, from corporations, nations, you know, um, are, is strong. And so if, in fact, 2028 is a time, as you're mentioning, right, like that it, where where there's like a rebuilding astrology supports that idea, but I wouldn't predict it in this moment because of how unpredictable matters will be leading up. Does that make sense? Like this is the problem with humans and it's also the gift of humans fucking free will, right? Pardon. Sorry. Keep on cussing, but uh, free will. It is free will. That is the, that's the problem. It's exactly, it's our greatest strength and our greatest weakness because as you're both pointing out, we are using our free will to say, how could you disagree with me? If you disagree with me, you're against me. There's something wrong with you. Instead of, here's the move, instead of being able to say, wow, if you're engaging in a good faith argument with me, which I think is key, because a lot of people are not engaging in good faith arguments. They're just arguing. And eh, we don't bother with those people. And sometimes we are those people and we need to learn to sit down. But... Being able to say, I do not understand where you're coming from. Can you actually explain it to me? And don't respond. Just listen. Don't try to agree or disagree. Just understand. This is, again, it requires heart. It requires the capacity to accept that you do not understand someone else. You do not agree with somebody else. And you're willing to work with them on that. Because honestly, it's the only way that anyone changes. It it just is. And the social media and the internet in general, it's like a bunch of hammers, hammer, 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 but true evolution of society. And, and, you know, on this level that we're talking about of like understanding each other and cultivating empathy, these things require feather. They require like a, a lot more nuance and patience. And my belief is that if we prioritize that in 2024, we lay a better foundation for what's coming in 25 or 26. Because the thing I'm scared of is that um, specific communities become targeted and scapegoated and further harmed, Um, which is like a whole other conversation, which we should not have because we have enough stress. Um, But I think, I think that 2028 can be a time where things are kind of like on the move back up. So two things. One, um, I don't know if you are a speaker. Do you ever Mm -hmm. do speaking engagements? You know, yeah, yes and no. You need to be doing them. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really 1 billion percent thought Kevin was going to say that when he said that he's good at career intuition. When you were speaking, (laughs) I literally was like, this woman needs to be on a stage speaking to many of us. Like you are really, really special. Like that was so moving um, and so inspiring. You need to be doing more of that. That's just an aside for you. 
Thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> I would love to know what spiritual boundaries look like. Mm. I'm so happy you asked. <laughs> so, okay. So I've like taught classes on this and like I talk about it on my Patreon all the time, which is to say it looks like a lot of different things, but like broad stroke. I'm going to give you a woo answer and then more of a psychodynamic answer. Here, let's start woo. You've seen uh, Wizard of Oz, right? Oh, my favorite movie of all time. I mean, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> if you're watching, if you're listening to this on, <laughs> on, on our screens, more fireworks just appeared around her. How did that happen? I don't understand how it's happening. It's got to be on like, one of our when you When you mention Maria's favorite movie of all time. So if like, you don't I, think this is connected, I'm telling you, I shouldn't be the one. I'm the least believer of the three of us. And I'm telling you, something's going on here. What if I here. just say wizard? What, wizard? Nothing happened. No. Oz? It's very weird. Zoom has um, g uh, gesture controls that you can do. Am like, I doing something with my hands that's like... Making it's, it happen? I, I see it as like a secret menu kind of thing. The only one that I know of is if you hold a thumbs up long enough, it'll give you a thumbs up as like a... So, uh, God, like Dwayne bringing in science. Hand. Yeah, Dwayne, <laughs> you sound like you make a lot of sense, but nothing she's now doing that you're saying... Oh, oh there it is. Yeah. But was up. I putting my thumbs up before? No. no I, it, it's, I think it's an experimental thing, so who knows what's going on. <laughs> It's very weird. I love it. It's very weird. We'll take it. We'll take it. I mean, it's at it, least it's, it's not like double horns or something. You know perfect, what I mean? It's, it's you nice. timing it perfectly. So so funny. Okay, so spiritual boundaries. Okay, so we're back to your Woo. favorite movie. So, okay, here's the thing. From my understanding as a medium and a psychic and all the woo-woo things I am, the soul is not inside of the body. The body is inside of the soul. And if we think about Glenda the Good Witch, okay, she, I mean, that whole movie is just a spiritual metaphor on top of a spiritual metaphor, hugging a spiritual metaphor, just first of all. Um, but if we think of Glenda the Good Witch and her beautiful bubble, think of your aura, the, the aura which is within which the soul resides, which is much larger than your body, as that Glenda the Good Witch bubble. Now, in fact, our auras are not as small as her bubble. They're massive. They're big, right? But whatever you can visualize, whatever, you know, the human imagination has its limits. And so however you want to visualize it is fine. If you visualize a Glenda the Good Witch bubble around you and you set the intention that that is your energy field, and it is bigger than your body. It is your energy. And you set the intention that no one or thing is allowed in past the bubble. So not just not into your body, but not into your energy sphere. This is something that can be on a very woo level, very protective. So what I will often do is I'll go and I'll put, um, I'll visualize around my Glenda the Good Witch bubble those mirrors, you know, that you have like often mm. in cars where you can't, you can't see in, but you can see out of them. I so, think you've given us this advice before because I used to do the mirrored bubble all the time and I forgot and probably really is. important to do it again. I really loved it. I would just allow light to come in from the top. I think I may have given you this when we did our reading. Yeah. And the thing that's really cool about it is that it lets narcissists see themselves People who just want to fight, like, you know, devil's advocates are just like, I just want to fight with you because, dur, 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 dur. you know, it lets them see themselves when they look at you. And that kind of satiates them. 
you know. Um, so it's a really good resource. And it also can help you to ground your energy if you need grounding. Or so you can fill up your Glenda the Goodwitch bubble with the energy of Earth. Or it can help to ignite passion and energy. You can light it up with gold or reds or oranges. You know, if you need to be activated and, and more engaged, if you're like depressed and you're dragging, you know, um, and on and on it goes. You can play with different colors and different vibes. And so it's a really simple, accessible energy exercise. And I think it's so accessible because... Glenda the Good Witch is just such an easy visual for most yeah. people, even, you know, I think across age demographics. So that's the womb. Now, here are a couple of my like more psychodynamic boundary exercises or not exercises, maybe practices. The first one is do not process with people you do not trust. That's the first one. Like Oof, if do you're not process with people you do not trust. Point final. Yeah. Yeah. And within that, it means that having conversations, let's say online with people you don't know, they maybe know you, but you don't know them. Right. gets complicated. Um, but having conversations with people that you don't really know become a choice. And I think an important part of that choice is if they approach you in a good faith way, have a good faith conversation. But anyone who doesn't approach you in a good faith way doesn't deserve your energy, doesn't get your energy. And that's simply a boundary. And all boundaries have consequence. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. Kelsey is so great at making sure she responds to all of you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as 10 dollars a month so go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join getting better isn't easy friends but as i say all the time it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together we love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you and sometimes we don't like the consequence of our boundaries because people get really offended by boundaries mm. um you know i have had i remember 
this was a number of years ago, but I, you know, I used to be very active on uh, Instagram. I'm not really that much on it at this moment, but hopefully I'll change that. Anyways, um, I used to be really active on Instagram and people would all the time ask me to like explain this thing about my chart, which is basically asking for a reading, right? And most people don't realize that they're asking for a free reading uh, in the comment section of a post, but that's what they're doing. And so I would gently but firmly say, I don't give readings and that's what this is asking for. You know, I'd be very firm. And I was being interviewed by somebody once and she was like, you're so harsh on your Instagram. And I was like, oh, this is a person who sees me communicating clearly what my boundary is as like punishing or negative. And that tells me a lot about where this person's at with their experience of boundaries and communication of boundaries. And it doesn't tell me a lot about me. So this is where I, I get to with this other piece, which is being able to own what your boundary is, what you can, what you can't, and to give others the freedom to think or feel whatever they think or feel. That's how you have a healthy boundary. Because what most of us do is we're like, this is my boundary. Are you okay with it? And then yeah. you've lost the boundary. Yeah. You know? um, and the truth is, is that people are allowed to feel however they feel. And it's a practice to let other people feel complicated about you or annoyed by you or whatever it is, to let people feel what they feel and to take responsibility for how you feel and how you conduct yourself. That's the move. But we lose energy by trying to manage how other people feel about our boundaries. Does that make sense? Oh, a zillion percent as somebody who's just learned boundaries in the last like two years, let's say. Yeah. Boundaries are so hard. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really, I like, I talk about boundaries a lot I, and I am obsessed with boundaries because as much as I have been working on boundaries for as many years as I have, it's, it's a practice. It's, it's no one has it perfect. This is not a thing. Yeah, because we be. want to be liked, we want to be loved. And, you know, we want to be we want to fit. And when yes. you express boundaries, you don't fit anymore. Correct. It's really yeah. hard. But I know my life's gotten better as I've, I've laid my boundaries, at least in the workplace where I'm like, No, this doesn't work for me. This is not how I work. This is how I work. Usually what I do is like, this is how I work best. And yeah. and then they have to abide by that boundary and then everyone's happy. I'm happy because I'm happy and then they feel happy because I'm happy and then it's great. I mean, I think, okay, so some people will hear this as a negative thing, but like I think about humans a lot like dogs, right? Like I, I'm an animal communicator. I don't think animals are lower than us. Um, but the thing about dogs that are so hard for me is like you put a dog in a crate and apparently the dog is actually more calm because it knows the boundary of what they're supposed to be protecting. Humans are a lot like that. If you just feed your dog off the table 24 hours a day, if your dog has like free reign of all the rooms all the time, there can be anxiety because it's like, well, everything's mine. Everything's my responsibility. What can I do? How am I going to get the next thing? Humans are exactly the same. If I don't know what your boundaries are, Ultimately, I'm either going to be in a fake relationship with you where I'm just making assumptions that are either making you feel terrible or good or whatever. Also, I don't know how to like show up for you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's really, I think so many of us are trained to feel like having boundaries, expressing boundaries is mean or rude or controlling. But the truth is, it's how we love each other. It's how we let other people love us in a real way. And, you know, you were talking about news before and it's like, I wouldn't encourage you to just like start reading the news at 8 a.m. and never stop. Like that's not healthy 
uh, any more than like not looking at the news at all would be. It's about having a healthy boundary based on self-awareness, right? So sorry. Um, based on self-awareness, based on what you know of yourself in this moment. And that's the thing about boundaries versus rules. Rules are rigid. They're unbending. And boundaries are adaptable and flexible. And I think when we talk about adaptability and flexibility, I mean, most of us aren't, you know, when it comes to self-care, because a lot of us are motivated towards self-care out of fear. So, you know, there's so many layers to why boundaries are so hard for so many of us. I think especially, you know, people who are nurtured as female, you know, we're just told to not have boundaries. Mm -hmm. We're told to just let people kiss us or tell us how we look or what we're supposed to be feeling. You know, we're supposed to, we're like often reared to take care of men, right? I mean, it's not a heavily boundary thing. Um, but it's really important spiritual work. You know, it's, I think it's really important psychological work, emotional work, and behavioral work. And I, I think, you know, the astrology of this moment, just to bring it back, is teaching us boundaries by showing us the consequences of not having them in our personal lives, around self-care, with technology, and in the world at large, you know, and it's, it's a bitter pill to swallow, honestly, because having healthy boundaries doesn't mean that you're healthy. <laughs> it doesn't mean that things are going well. It's just, it, it means that you're taking that you're kind of like leveraging your agency to be as kind of constructive in your own life and in the world around you that you can't as you can be that's really what boundaries are and spiritual boundaries are the same or different good question okay spiritual boundaries i would say ultimately are foundational to psychological and emotional and, and behavioral boundaries, because on a spiritual level, you have to have a sense of your own self, where you begin and where you end. And in order to have boundaries, you must fundamentally not abandon yourself, right? And what happens when you feel bad because you said something, you didn't say something to a friend, and then you feel shame because you feel bad. And then you're like, oh, God, I hate shame. And then you turn away and you grab your phone and you scroll. Is that abandoning well, yourself? I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. And I think we all abandon ourselves in ways that are small and large a lot of the time. And we do it because we don't have the tolerance for our own complex emotions. And the next time, you know, you or me or anyone feels any kind of bad and there's so many kinds of bad mm -hmm. to feel um i think that the practice on a spiritual level is to be able to stay present to notice it in your body to breathe and to stay present seven seconds if that's all you can tolerate 20 seconds if that's all that you can tolerate if you can tolerate minutes you're a champion but like it's about tolerating the emotion before grabbing the phone, before analyzing and coming up with the problem or criticizing the friend or criticizing yourself or whatever it is, just tolerating the emotions because that is a spiritual muscle that helps you stay present with you. And when you stay present with you, you have more options. You can perceive more options. When we're in a state of self-defense or self-abandonment, big or small, there's usually, we can only see two options. And this is my rule of thumb in an interpersonal situation and, you know, like a, you're like making life plans. If all you can see are two options, you're probably not being totally present. Oh my God. Balloon. 
friends. <laughs> I think we need to disable whatever this is on our accounts for the future. But I'm so it was sorry. Fun. It's probably it's probably my fault because I have a brand new computer and I I mean it's the same Zoom, but I think I updated it. I'm so maybe dying. I, I'm so sorry. It's so cute. Um, <laughs> balloons. There's a lot of balloons. Um, but that is kind of all or nothing thinking, right? These two options thinking. And so when we are more present and we have better boundaries with ourselves, we can see the nuance and we can see a myriad of options. And that is so powerful because it's not just pay attention to the news, ignore the news, tell people what you need or don't give them any idea about what you need. There's so many, there's so many like places in between those extremes that we're talking about. And again, we need adapt adaptability and flexibility within our own selves in order to access those ideas mm -hmm. you know if you think about i'm going to be such a stereotypical capricorn for a moment okay if you think about climbing a mountain right um and not just going up the mountain but like going around the mountain kind of like a goat may do right when you are about to turn a corner you cannot see what is on the other side and then as you are turning that corner, when you take a, a glance at the view, the view looks really different. And then when you're actually all the way around the corner, yeah, you, you see something completely different, even though you're, what, five feet ahead or something like that. What I'm trying to say is subtle shifts in our ability to be present with the, the full picture of what we're experiencing shift our perspective. And a shift in perspective means you see more options. You see a lot more options. And to me, this is spiritually expansive and it has a really meaningful kind of uh, cascading effect around your psychology, your emotional body, your physical health and the choices you make in the material world. So I wouldn't say it's the exact same on the woo level, but it's interconnected, right? It's like, it's like the base color of a tapestry. It, if, I'm throwing a lot of metaphors in the mix, but hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> I love it. I, yeah. um, I also, I want to know, and I know everybody wants to know probably about kind of like our financial health in the coming year because inflation has been so bad. And I was watching an Instagram this morning. I think it was about BlackRock investing in tokens and how if we don't know that this is happening, we need to know. And I'm like, what is what is tokens? What does this all mean? <laughs> totally. Okay. So, okay. Before I say what I'm going to say, I should say there are financial astrologers out there. I am not one of them um, for a lot of reasons, but I'm not a financial astrologer. That said, that Jupiter-Uranus conjunction in April that I mentioned and in general, Pluto in Aquarius do suggest a major shift in not just in the economy, but the global economy and not just in the global economy, but the potential of currencies. And so I think we may see really meaningful changes to currencies. So that could be in the direction of cryptocurrencies or like, I don't know if that's what tokens are, because mm -hmm. again, I, you know, you and me both, we're not experts. Um, I'm like, are tokens but it Bitcoin? Also, I don't even know. Dwayne, are tokens Bitcoin? Do you know what they are? Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Dwayne, don't guess and say yes. Say I don't know. That's okay. It's, it's a bit more complicated, but it generally, yeah. Oh, okay. It's like if, if, in broad, broad, broad terms, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. 
And which is like all I'm going to get because I'm really way over my head. (laughs) But another way that this could play out is that, you know, so much of global um, currencies are related to the U.S. And I don't understand this completely. So anyone who is more informed than me will be like, she's kind of it's kind of like what we just said with the crypto and the tokens. But the U.S. dollar has been an important kind of benchmark for global currencies. And that might change. That might change. And as that changes, it will change the kind of holy global economy, which, uh, you know, depending on where you are in the world, could be pretty scary or could be pretty cool. Um, I don't imagine it would be great news for the U.S. We'll see how it goes. Um, But what we're expecting kind of early in the year by, you know, April, May is to see meaningful changes within the economy. And I don't know what that means. They look unpredictable. And again, over the course of the next, you know, 20 years. So you don't know good or bad when you say that. Correct. I don't know good or bad. And also good for who, bad for who, right? Good point. I mean, people at the very top, everything's good for them. Nothing's bad, you know? And then there's people at the very bottom, kind of everything ends up being the exact same or worse. Uh, when the economy booms, that doesn't make the poorest Americans any happier, usually, you Great know. Point. Um, so it gets very complicated when we talk about the economy. And again, this is part of why I don't do financial astrology, because it's it gets sticky, in my view, very quickly. But but any, in any case, what I the one thing I can see clearly is, uh, yeah, it's going to be unpredictable and it's going to change. So. Within that, I mean, I wouldn't put a huge amount. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know. The stock market seems volatile to me. And I I personally am paying a lot of attention because the Uranus-Jupiter conjunction is in Taurus. And Taurus is an earth sign, fixed earth signs related to real estate. And so we are already seeing places like State Farm have stopped insuring, I think it's new development properties in California and in other places that are high risk in regards to the climate crisis. Have you heard about this as well? I thought you were going somewhere else. So no, I have not heard this. So again, not an expert. Uh, I may have some of this wrong or I might be saying it wrong. You know, this is again, not my expertise. But yeah, that's a real change that's happening. That that certain places are not going to be insurable. I heard and they're not going to get insurance. Like for flood zones. Yeah, because I know. Flood zones, fire zones. I mean, there are a lot of places in this country that are incredibly vulnerable to climate crisis, mm-hmm. you know, and incredibly vulnerable. And I don't know that they will be insured, you know, and if a property is not insured, you can't get a loan on it. it means you can't sell it. You can't buy it unless so you have a, a ton of wealth. Yeah. So, so one of the things with financial health that I was wondering about is is again the loss of freedom because Mm -hmm. if we go to digital currency and i don't know if astrology tells us any of this if we went to digital currency the amount of control government would have over us would seemingly be very scary um so is there anything that we should know you know i i will say i read a lot of sci-fi i have read a lot of sci-fi in my life and so before you know bitcoin I was reading sci-fi stories about digital currencies that are like linked to your iris and linked to your fingerprints. And we already have that, right? There's no good way for that to go. 
And that's not an astrology take. That's just a sci-fi nerd take um, and also common sense take. Yeah. But there, there are astrologers that would be better to talk to about that than me. Um, I, I don't like to speculate about it because I'm not informed enough. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like you have to really, yeah, I'm not informed enough to really speculate about it. But I, I do think that we will have a revolution in the coming years one way or another. And some people hear revolution and they clap. And it's like, well, revolution doesn't assure anything except for calamity and change. Is it an improvement? Is it a change that pleases this group or that group? TBD, you know? But um, some of this will meaningfully have to do with currency and with uh, the economy and how we do or don't have social services for people. And keeping in mind, you know, as we talk about the economy, it's hard to stop talking about COVID because now we have a huge population of people who are immune compromised. And what this means is people are, you know, getting heart disease and diabetes and all kinds of other vulnerabilities physically that but we don't have healthcare here, right? We don't know how to deal with it. So there's like, that meaningfully impacts the economy in the US. I mean, I think it doesn't in most Western countries because they have health, you know, they have socialized healthcare. But here in the US, I think it's a meaningful part of the economy. Um, and it's a meaningful part of, and well, and also, and in addition, I should say, everything we've been talking about with technology is connected to some sort of a digital footprint with what you spend, which I would say the fact that we all live off of credit cards already does that. Everything is tracked. Everything is mm -hmm. tracked. You know, I go to a store that I don't usually go to. My credit card company texts me and is like, hey, girl, is that you? I mean, because it knows my behavior. And I think that this is, we should all be a lot more concerned than we are because mm -hmm. there's too much happening at once. But that is by design. That, yeah. is, that is by design. So again, the expansion of heart, I'm just going to, I'm going to repeat it too many times because that empowers us to be able to hold many things at once and to allow many of the things we're holding to be ambiguous, uncertain, and unknowable without collapsing mm. around that. Yeah. Tony Robbins says life, your quality of life is directly dependent on the amount of uncertainty you can handle. Mm. It's beautiful. And it's I true. Agree. So then yeah. is there anything in our upcoming that talks about kind of um, like mass movements out of our country? That's a really interesting question. You mean like people leaving? Mm. Is that what you mean? It's really interesting. Um, so I hadn't looked at that specifically, but Pluto and Aquarius, this 20-year cycle we've moved, we're moving into – can and will shake up borders. So we are already seeing that less in the US, but kind of abroad. I think this kind of domestic conversation around states' rights, it it's it smacks of some real messy, like bordery stuff. Um, but and, and that might not have been clear. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about something specific that Mike Pence said the other day. So I should, you know, I should just reference that and like throw it away because it's a larger conversation. But I think that it is very possible that borders will change. And I think it's very possible that they will get weaker or stronger. And here's the thing. It is very hard 
to a lot of people can leave the U.S. A lot of people can leave the U.S., but there are only specific places where they can go. Right. And you have to have money to do it. It's real talks. Right. And so. I think you don't need to be an astrologer. To know that if the if the election goes red in 2024, 25, then a lot of people who wanted to go blue are going to leave. And, you know, potentially vice versa. I mean, I, I think that doesn't take astrology for the prediction. But in general, I do think that there's going to be changes to that. But here's the thing I really think. I think that the climate crisis is where we're really going to see immigration issues. People are going to be running from and towards locations on this planet where there's less unpredictability in the climate. And to that end, you know, as bad as things are in North America, in the U.S. and Canada in particular, um, it is it is like a relatively stable place at this moment. So it's it, I've been trying to clock the climate crisis, but I don't have the capacity to predict weather, although I do see this being a wet one. Uh, you know, with Saturn and Neptune both in in Pisces, twenty twenty four, it does look like we might have like a lot of a lot of water issues. Um, but again, that gets outside of my my specialties. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> Jess. This was amazing. As always, I love talking to you. I, I love talking to you. This was so fun. Yes, and I feel inspiring and invigorating because it can get really dark and gloomy. And I think for me, especially the last few years with everything I've gone through with my mom and me and health and whatever, I just was like, I can only, my bucket's only so big and I had to retreat from my own self-care, but I'm assuming a lot of people are doing that too, because everybody's bucket's overfilled and everyone's dealing with a cancer in their family or something horrible. Like it's not just me. I know. Um, and, and then now that I have a baby, I'm like, okay, I just want to focus on being happy because it's been so rough for so long. I just want it to be happy. So forgive me, forgive me for not being, (laughs) you know, out there in some kind of way, making that meaningful change. I don't know. I feel like I get to do it through this show in a lot of ways. Um, but, but I think your message of expanding our hearts and, And the fact that we are supposed to feel is really, really important. We Mm -hmm. are supposed to see babies being slaughtered and feel that. Yeah. Yeah. We're supposed to. And I, and I do. Um, It's not that I've completely cut the news out. I do. I dip in. And then the second I've dipped in and it's gotten so dark, I start watching animal videos to get myself back. Right. Which is kind of what you said, actually, like yeah. now heal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know and what's I, going on and then I heal. And so. I think. The, I, the, okay. No, I want to hear what you have to say. And then I have a question. Sorry. Okay, great. So I would just say like the next time that happens, my advice would be get overwhelmed. Know you're going to look for a animal video, but before you do put your phone face down for a minute, not even a full minute, not even a full 60 seconds, 20 seconds is fine. 10 seconds is fine. And just stay with the feelings because that it builds a muscle. You know how I just, I'm such a, a schlub. I do not like working out, but I remember I used to work with a personal trainer. Who's like, you know, when you're building muscle, you're ripping up your muscles. And I was like, ah, oh, evidence. I should not build muscle. <laughs> I was so offended by that. But the I truth is, you. 
on a spiritual level, you're building muscle when you feel like you're being torn apart by an emotional truth, an emotional reality. It feels bad, you know, um, but it is really valuable and really important to be able to build that muscle. And it doesn't have to be 100 reps. It just needs to be building your tolerance. So you might start at five seconds before you grab the animal mm -hmm. video. And then you build eventually to maybe like being able to take two minutes, you know? And I don't know that it needs to be any longer than that. Maybe for you it does, maybe it doesn't. But it's about building that muscle of tolerating the reality of how you feel and the reality of the world and accepting that this is not the moment that you can make a, you know, that you can change the world. Or maybe by sitting with the emotions, some inspiration will come around managing self-care, or manage or participating in the world. Who knows? But you can't know if you go straight to the animal video. Yeah, that's the that's the kind of like magic uh, recipe, if you will. I think that's great advice. I will definitely mm -hmm. take it. Kev, you have Thanks. the floor. I was going to say, how do microtransactions fit into this? Meaning, you you see this in your you you see something happening overseas or in another state that is you know a shooting anything and it's making you upset you know for me my my thing was not so much to go watch animal videos but it would be to control what i can control mm -hmm. which is to be kind or decent caring and empathetic to the individuals i'm coming in contact with during the day and i don't know if that pays off in a greater way or what i know that's my coping mechanism but i wanted to get your thoughts on that uh, so I think a lot of things about that. I think, first of all, that's a great strategy is like seeing cruelty in the world and suffering in the world and letting it inspire you to put more effort into being kind and to being a part of the resiliency of the human spirit. That's great. No correction there whatsoever. And I think, but I think that you know, one of the first questions, Maria, you asked me is like about civil war, right? Are we in a civil war? Are we not in a world where I, I don't know, I don't feel confident to say we're not in either of those things. But I do think that the call to doing something is greater now than it's been in a long time. And so then the question becomes like, if you agree with that, which you don't have to, or you might agree with it in March, but not in April or whatever, right? If you agree with that, then what are ways that feel within your personality, within your resources, within your nature to participate? So that might mean using something like ResistBot. You see a shooting and you know what ResistBot is? No. Okay. No. ResistBot is this great tool. You just text, I think you text resist to like 50 something something and it texts you um, a script and then a link and you click and you just go and it's like super easy to communicate with your elected officials. And it basically you can edit the script, you can just send the script. There's also something called fivecalls.org and they have an, they both have apps, you know, for your <laughs> smartphone. And um, they are resources where you can tell your elected officials what you freaking think about them because we can't forget they are actually elected, you know, they, they have to listen to us when enough of us speak. So letting them know, like, I'm really pleased that you did this thing, or, hey, you better do that thing. Um, that is a, a way of being engaged, I think, that doesn't take a lot out of us. It doesn't require that we, like, spend a lot of time or, like, read 20 articles or whatever. But it's also a way of kind of putting your stamp in the world to be like, yeah, I'll, I will be counted, you know. 
Um, because again, you know, my, my feeling is those of us who are the most empathetic and the most caring need to be loudest because right now that's not who's loudest right now. Moms for Liberty is loudest burning books, you know, isolating children, like, you know, and that's a very small group of people, but they're angry and they're righteous and they're consistent and they're loud. And so many of us, I'm making assumptions about the two of you, but I feel confident about it. Um, I don't even so know many about of us, them. <laughs> so. oh, Moms for Liberty, they're, they're the like book burning group that has taken the nation by storm. Um, but, and they're terrible. They're worth learning about. They're terrible. Um, but being, if, if those of us who have humanistic values, one way or another, you know, uh, make our voices heard, you know, I think the world changes. And if those of us who have humanistic values just go about our days, that's good. It's good. But also it's not the same as being a part of the wave yeah. that I was talking about earlier, you know? Um, and so many people, you know, like political activists will say, you know, like think globally, act locally. And I think that's really valid and real. And also it really just comes down to like, where, where are your passions ignited? What feels sustainable for you given your personality and you know like for me something like fivecalls.org or resistbot i use those because um they're super easy they're easy <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and i'm a lazy baby so i like easy things um so i use those things that they're not the only things out there but they're they're worth learning about um because there are so many ways that technology those are both technologies right have made being a vocal participant of our society easier, so much easier than ever before. Yeah, so I wouldn't know there where to that. start to talk to our elected officials. So I think that's great to have that because yeah. we need to. Um, Jess, this was so lovely. Thank you so much for spending all this time with us and sharing all of this. And um, I know that people can go to your podcast and all your different areas for even deeper conversations on this i know you like to yeah. say sometimes like the darker stuff is there um, yeah. <laughs> yes it's all so there we'll put it's a link true. in the summary for people to find you but thank you as always and thank you for your big heart oh thank you for your big heart thanks so much for having me this has been a joy of course and please start speaking engagements you know what meant it's funny it. that you said that because i was thinking about it uh, and just talking about it with somebody just like, I think it was a week ago. So I, yeah. I'm taking it as a big sign. Yeah. Not just because there were fireworks when, when you said it, but yeah. also. Well, those yeah. are my psychic abilities. I just felt when I feel it, like I have to say it. And I'm like, oh my God, she's got to be on stages. Like, so. Thank you. Yeah. That's really sweet. I'm Thank excited you. for it. you. Thank you. All right. Well, have a All great right. day. Have a great holiday. You too. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year. Yeah. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. And bye, bye to Kev as well. <laughs> we'll find him. I'll tell him. All right, friends, that is it for us. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Look for Jessica's information and the summary of this episode. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or MariaMenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare care 
program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.